eight tour events, including the 2002 Masters Tournament, the U.S. Open, the Bay Hill Invitational, the Buick Open, the American Express World Golf Championship. All right, all right. <laughs> Welcome in episode six of the Pro Golf Podcast. I'm Justin Morrison alongside Brandon Wilhelm. We're playing the Pro Golf Tournament Series uh, in the middle of April here since we last spoke with you. Had a good time at Harbor Point, didn't we, Brandon? Yeah, just skirted uh, most of the rain that, that preceded our round. Had a good time out at Harbor Point with a couple good friends of ours that we don't normally get to play golf with. Yeah, it was enjoyable. The Pro Golf Series, they do a great job setting you up, organizing it. You're playing with people similar skill levels you're playing in flights where you're not playing over your head as far as competition goes and just sort of to illustrate how fair the pro golf tournament series is run we both shot one over our handicap and we both took home money we both cashed in the tournament yep like you said obviously handicap flighted didn't feel like i brought my best stuff being that i put a snowman on the scorecard <laughs> it's early but uh, Harbor Point's always been my nemesis, and uh, I still have never been able to crack it in all the years that I've been playing it growing up through, uh, through middle school all the way until now. But, yeah, somehow eked out a couple shekels. Yeah, don't be ashamed of that. Harbor Point, it's a bear of a course, especially on the front with well, water on every single hole on the front nine. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great time, and obviously we enjoyed it a little bit more because we did get a little bit of a payday. All of our payday goes to uh, it's spendable at Pro Golf Discount, which is cool because it's better than any pro shop out there. It's better than having to go into Harbor Point's pro shop and spend it. That's no, true. No offense to Harbor Point. That's true, but I will say for, uh, for Harbor Point, you know, the greens were in great shape. Yeah. They were firm and they were fast. And, you know, the golf course, it's a notoriously wet golf course because of the location and the water that is on the golf course. But the greens were greens were in great shape, fully healed up after airification. So if you're looking for a round. Harbor Point, just one of many nice golf courses on the Pro Golf Tournament Series where, uh, you know, I know Avalon was just recently completed. Uh, and I know coming up, there's a big spring championship coming up at Oak Brook Country Club down south there. Tacoma. Oh, Tacoma. Yep. So Oak Brook Country Club in Tacoma is where they're going to have kind of their first big uh, major of the year for the Pro Golf Tournament Series. So that was kind of fun. But on to what I'm sure, you know, a little bit more interesting than, than our rounds of golf is what's going on in the in the golf world. There's this lull it used to be a huge lull before they moved the players championship to mother's day there used to be this gap from masters completion to the u.s open that was unbearable but even now after you know after getting that feeling of what major championship golf getting to watch it at augusta there's still a little bit of a lull and i think these tournaments in between suffer a little bit except one of the ones that just completed the Zurich Classic in New Orleans is, I think, trying to do something about that by going to a team competition. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely something that we earmarked on the calendar early in the season, knowing that they were changing formats. I think the Zurich, all these tournaments on the PGA Tour do great things for charitable contributions for the area that they're playing in. Zurich is always one that that hits home for a lot of people, especially going all the way back to Katrina. But, you know, obviously it had suffered over the years, being that it's in this kind of no man's land between majors. So, yeah, now we have a team format first time in 35, 36 years. Yeah. Do you think what they're going for is, I mean, it's, it's different. So they're getting a lot of publicity. But 
it does make sense just as a as a fan's perspective there's not many places i'd want to go to watch golf but now you throw in the fact that there's a tournament in new orleans which is a fun notoriously they are known as a good time city and now you get a tournament that's based more about having a good time than grinding out a, another tournament where the winner is just whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think that they can do this? Can they capture like a little bit of that like waste management magic? Is that what they're going for, you think? I don't think it'll ever no. it may it may start to ramp up. Yeah. Especially uh, you know, this is an introduction to a new format to a very traditional schedule where it's always stroke play. Now you can, you know, the, the nearest one that was dissimilar to your normal stroke play format would have been the international back in Colorado that the that was Stableford. Yeah. The yeah. Stableford scoring. Yeah. Where rich beam owned that for <laughs> a couple of years, I think, but uh, any tournament that rich beam owns, you might want to think whether it's a, <laughs> whether it's a <laughs> fairly run tournament or not, <laughs> but I, you know, I've, I was in New Orleans I for a superintendent show back in 09 or 2010 and and we got to play TPC they run a a special for superintendents and so we went out and played um the TPC course there that they're playing this week and we got our asses kicked by the course or by the Gators by the course now the Gators did you have any Gator problems we didn't have any Gator problems we did see a couple but they were you know they were way off or in the water already but really tough I mean for an amateur really tough golf course I found the greens to be very small well guarded not only with bunkers but you'll see the mounding um, just obligatory mounts yeah and generally it's rough mounted well you know on a 105 yard shot when you have a 45 degree you know uphill shot it doesn't that's a it it's so different than what you're norm, used to playing yeah that uh it makes it tough obviously water all over the place and then you get the winds that blow through that sure. swamp area yeah we played in 20 mile an hour winds and we were playing with a, a university of tulane women's golfer yeah and she kicked our butts <laughs> when it was announced there were some instantaneous teams that just announced. Jason Day and Ricky Fowler said they were going to play together. Rose and Stenson said they were going to play together. And then they kind of just started to form after that. Any that just stood out to you? I noticed Kevin Na couldn't find a partner. Mm, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder I wonder why. I wonder why. There's too much water. No, that's harsh. Yeah. That's harsh. Because Kevin Na's having a pretty good year. But The one thing that caught my ear uh, leading up to the tournament was, why is Spieth and Ryan Palmer playing together. A couple of Texas boys. Okay, so there's one assimilation. Sure. Okay, still. You you would assume now, you know, Justin Thomas is playing with Bud Colley and they're Alabama guys. Yeah. But But you, no, you would think like we just saw Speeth on the spring break road trip with his buddies. Like you'd think maybe Speeth would be paired with one of those guys with yeah. the Smiley or um Fowler or well, who is Palmer, the other Joker. Oh, Thomas. Well, yeah. Palmer is like 16 or 17 years as elder. Older, yeah. So, you know, unlike why, 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 why are they together? So come to find out there's a great story behind it. And, uh, during, I think it might've been during last year, sometime during the off season, um, being Texas boys, they were playing in playing at a golf course and, uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And Ryan Palmer's caddy turns out to be a stick. And really? so they happen to be involved in a game of wolf. And before they teed off, good game, good four man game. Yeah. 
So uh, before they teed off, uh, Palmer's caddy had gone up with uh, with some quite big cojones and said, Spieth, he goes, I'm willing to play you straight up, but if I beat you, you got to play with my boy, Palmer, for next really? year's Zurich tournament. Wow. That is, so, that is some big cojones. So, you know, you're playing against essentially the number one golfer in the world. In the world, yeah. He's a 23-year-old at the top of his game right. who has all – he's five-tool, and you got a caddy. You're a caddy. <laughs> well, you're a caddy. You know, they're playing together. So, cool story behind that one. Wow. So, Spieth and Palmer. I noted uh, you got the brothers Kepka playing together. That always intrigued me uh, going in, whether they'd uh, be able to get along or <laughs> – I mean, I, I get, Brooks Kepka is obviously very well known, but Chase Kepka you know, doesn't quite have the, the same sort of resume that his brother does, but – Interesting that I saw that they were paired together was Rory Sabatini, who's kind of a, you know, known as being a royal jerk. Yep. Paired with Bryson DeChambeau. It's the funny hat. I mean, twosome. yeah, yeah, cowboy hat, Hogan hat paired together. But yeah, a really cool tournament, a way to get it going. Paid a lot more attention, definitely watched a lot more of that tournament on TV. But even though I did, I did watch a lot of it on TV. One thing I did not do is I did not call in to report any rules infraction. And good news going forward is that the USGA and the RNA have taken a little bit of a harder line stance on this ridiculous trend that has been going on the past, I don't know, three, four, five years probably since HDTV and more rounds are getting uh, broadcast on TV where we're, we're losers these loser dweebs that are sitting at home and have nothing better to do than to call up and report rules violations most recently and maybe most notably is the Lexi Thompson uh, penalty that took place in the first major on the LPGA Tour this year cost her the tournament without a doubt. Well, the USGA and the RNA, thank heavens, are finally saying, you know what, we're not going to take those complaints into account we're not going to acknowledge that those doofus dweebs exist yeah it's uh it was something that uh that caused quite an outrage through all avenues of golf rightly so uh whether it's pga or senior or junior or just your average joe amateur on twitter everyone was was lining up to take their shot at the USGA on this one. And rightly so, like you said, because obviously Coster, luckily we're in a situation now where because of social media, there's so much scrutiny that they felt the need to have to react semi quickly. Yeah. Now they didn't react quick they didn't, enough. They didn't react they quick enough. Re- right. They should have reacted during the tournament that, like you said, the four shot penalty to Sorry, two two shot penalties actually cost it's, her. Yeah, it, it, and that's just the the. Uh, how can we sit here now, a month after that happened, and have the wherewithal? I guess the LPGA hasn't commented on it, but I mean, it's so obvious. It's so in right in front of their eyes that this isn't fair. You look at the way the Masters handled the Sergio Garcia incident. They basically gave the middle finger to anybody that was questioning the rules. Right? Yeah. I mean that. That's the right way to handle it. If there's a genuine rules violation with the number of people that are out there on the course, the rules officials walking, players caddies, somebody's going to catch it if it's catchable, right? Mm-hmm. If it has a, if it has a material impact, it's going to be caught on the spot. These 
these instances of, of a ball being marked uh, maybe a, a half an inch away from where it was originally marked that's that had it was so inconsequential and it was so so stupid of the lpga to make that ruling well and and next time you're watching a tour event and it'll probably be one of the highlighted groups take a look at how many people inside the ropes there are no kidding on any given hole yeah so you have you have two players two caddies you generally have at least one rules official through the final and we're talking about a major yeah. too, where generally there's a rules official almost on every hole. Plus, you have spectators all the way around to green. Well, none of them called in. You have broadcasters too walking around that are literally looking at the lie of the golf ball. It's their job to look at the lie of the golf. And you're ball. talking about the featured group in that major. Now, I understand the penalty. Okay, the first penalty assessed was she incorrectly. Uh, marked her ball or replaced Didn't her ball. Turn it to the original spot. The yeah. second penalty was, well, we're going to give you two strokes because now that we've assessed you to the two stroke for not placing your ball back correctly, we're going to give you two strokes for incorrectly signing a scorecard. Which before about two years ago, she would have been, she would have been DQ'd. DQ'd. Yeah. She would have been DQ'd. They would have walked up to her on the 13th hole or wherever it was and said, you know what? You're done for the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> You now imagine? I would have I would have loved to seen how they would have played it. I'd with have taken the a seven iron to the rules official with the DQ involved. Do you really? Can you really feasibly go up to her midway through the next round yeah. and say sorry? You got to yeah. walk off the. Well, you're right. It probably would have been handled differently. But every single aspect of the TV watcher at home having an impact it goes against every everything about fair competition goes against all sorts of logic you know if they're willing to go ahead and acknowledge how stupid it is now why don't they retroactively go back and and win her the, give her the tournament i mean it's it's stupid to say that i get it right it's yeah. really stupid to say that but you know what else is stupid was docking her four strokes i mean it, it, they're equal in my book so I'll go back and give her the damn tournament the whole thing is garbage the USGA, the LPGA, they handled it in a terrible way. The The closest thing that I have come up with that you could compare it to would be watching a baseball game. You know how they have the digital strike zone. Yeah. They show where the ball or the pitch goes. You're talking about technology that's fairly accurate, but then you're relying on a human factor as the umpire to make those calls. Right. Well, we see it every single game you watch where the umpire calls a strike and obviously based on the technology, the ball is not in the strike zone. Yeah. Okay. So they're not. Excuse me, Mr. Umpire. Yeah. So I'd like to report that you missed that call. <laughs> the, the thing that really gets me is that both Justin and I, we've really, really pushed because we've been playing golf for so long and we've come up through the excitement of Tiger and in the back end of Nicholas's career and in, in what got us into the game originally. But right now we've been in a low since 2008, since the recession and trying to climb out of that. And, and we have these young, relatable 20 somethings yeah. and early teen or late Le teenagers, yep. the Fowler's, Lexi Thompson, Thompson is a huge one for the LPGA sure. and you're, you're putting them in a position, you're putting parents in a position to argue <laughs> against rulings that are 
there's no common sense. Yeah, in you got a daughter who's 12 years old and is interested in the game of golf. You know, if you're a parent who likes golf and your kids into golf at 12 years old, you just have to be like, all right. And then let's, let's watch this tournament together and try to explain to them what happened to Lexi. I mean, what a turnoff to any kid that you try and teach fair and right and wrong. Nothing about that was fair. You know, you, you, you could show that, yes, Lexi did place her ball down fractionally wrong I, I, there's nobody could argue that case that she you know she definitely did miss from her, a zoomed in from slow a zoomed mo in slow mo she missed her mark by about i'd i'd guess about a half an inch is what i would guess quarter to a half an inch is still, what she, still. zoomed in slow mo right on repetition so that being said okay if i'm willing to concede that maybe she committed a penalty there there's nothing else in it that that is you could explain to a child, a teenager. Hell, it's hard to explain it to our friends, adults, people that that don't play the game, and you try to explain to them what happened. They just sit there with a 50-yard stare like, what? Like you're trying to explain macroeconomics or brain surgery to them. Yeah. Golf should not be that hard. You're trying to hit the ball into a hole. There's no need to make it that complicated. Well, and we're trying to make the game more engaging more user-friendly, more exciting. Um, all these things that, you know, we've talked about Top Golf, and they're just Golf Digest or Golf uh, Magazine or Golf.com. One of them just came out with a survey to show that round counts are down, but involvement in non-golf course-related stuff is actually up, hmm. being Top Golf, driving ranges, simulators, um, things that – are more available that don't have the expense or cost involved with or them. Or time. Or time. Yep. Where you can enjoy it as a group and you don't, even though I enjoy going out and playing the golf course, obviously. Yeah. But I've never played a top golf. You have. You said yeah. your experience was great. Yeah. And it's an introductory. It, it, it is very hard, I think, from both of our perspectives to get somebody into, a, into golf. The last thing you would want to do is take them to a course and play 18 holes. Pride, embarrassment, five hours, safety, any of those types of things with a new golfer are always right. huge issues. So those introductory things that you were talking about, if they're up or or golf sort of tangential golf related yep. I, related things, if that's up, then that, that's encouraging. And doing what they did, continuing to make stupid, idiotic rules whether it's the lexi thing or whether it's the dustin johnson scenario terrible one last too. year at at oak at uh oakmont getting a penalty for putting his club down near the ball i mean th those type of rules infractions have got to go away they've got to stop if you're going to try to grow the game there can't be this sort of nonsensical behavior nonsensical rulings going on so we can only hope that i guess it gets better let's get to the picks where we've been red hot relatively red hot maybe just Tempid. Somebody got their name on the board finally. <laughs> Brandon's got two victories. Ricky earlier this year. DJ at the match play, right? Yep. DJ at the match play. I finally got on the board with Kevin Chapel, which if if I'm gonna be trailing one to two, I'm glad that I have Kevin Chapel for his first career PGA tour win. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot to pick the best player in the world, like Whoa. DJ. Whoa. <laughs> But I got Kevin Chappell, um, you know, played well at the Masters. I think that was my thinking, and he had had a little bit of success at San Antonio. I'm glad that he won so that I won. But watching that thing, watching that putt on 18, I'm glad Kevin Chappell won because Kevin Chappell 
wanted that so bad. It was so evident with his reaction. 180 career starts. He's a young guy. Still in his 20s. Got local ties. He's a member at Aldera. Got local ties. Um, He's the 11th player this year in their 20s to win a tournament. Fun fact. But that victory, fist pump, (laughs) pure excitement or anger or rage or whatever it was that that ball finally on 18 on Sunday made it to the bottom of the cup. I probably retweeted from many different avenues on Twitter. Yeah. The reaction, the same reaction. I just couldn't get enough of it. It was awesome. I love the, I love he grabbed his caddy afterwards and it was, it was almost, it was like a cross between a hug and a shake. It was a cross. <laughs> no, I was going to say it was a cross between like Godfather when he grabs Fredo and he like whispers <laughs> in his ear and it was, a, and but there was also like a little bit, it was so much rage that I thought maybe it was a little Mike Tyson. He was going to bite his ear off like Evander Holyfield. It was it was nuts uh, when he grabbed his caddy like that, but that was awesome to see. I mean, it just goes to show you, too, you see players or you hear players every single week that says it's really, really tough to win out here. Yeah. So when you look at the Justin Thomases at 23 and the Jordan Spees at 23, those guys are freaks. The Dustin Johnsons, the Phil Mickelsons, the Tiger Woods, those guys are all freaks of nature, just yeah. like LeBron James is. Yeah. They're a freak. Okay, this doesn't happen to normal professionals <laughs> On the tour, winning two, three, four times in a year. So when you start, when you're in your career and you do something 180 times and you finally win. Finally. Finally. Oh. So obviously big, big, you know, big yeah. ups to Kevin Chappell for think, coming through. Yeah. If you were to probably like saying that word finally, if you were to maybe just caption those videos that you were talking about that you retweeted, if you just put finally exclamation point, that probably sums it up. I mean, just the the release. That was just a release from Kevin Chappell. So, so then that would take us up to Mother's Day and the quote unquote fifth major of the year. I don't. I'm not going to call it a major because I just like referring to the four majors. But it is an awesome field. That's what always get, gets referenced. They say this in some ways the players could be a more difficult tournament to win. One, it's a tough golf course, but two, the number of players and the quality of players in it is really unmatched. Oh yeah, for sure, and that and that's why they touted as the fifth major, and it is the players' championship. So, generally touted as the best field um, of the entire year. Uh, obviously, the purse is ginormous. <laughs> um, great golf course that I believe went through a little bit of a renovation right after last year's concluded. They. Uh, they did some sprucing up around the joint, and um, yeah, it's always a fun tournament to watch. Seen a lot of big names yeah. win this tournament. Yep, you know my early odds favorite, and uh, he's going to be looking for a for a tasty little win this year early. Rory McIlroy. Ah, Roars, yeah. Um, newly fresh married. Off, fresh off the marriage. Fresh yeah. off the marriage. Clear mind, clear headspace. Uh, see if he can pull it off. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick. Going for a repeat winner. I throw that out there. It doesn't really narrow down the list because there have been so many good names, as you said. But he's playing really well to start this year. He already has a win this year. Ricky Fowler is my pick to win, oh, win the you're, players. You're gonna. He's already got one underneath he's, one armpit. He's got one, two, he's two of those the- glass vase, whatever crystal looking things. So that tournament down the stretch, the crowds are great. Seventeen is its own thing. The difference that can be made up 
16 being a reachable par five. It's it's almost kind of like Masters-y or back nine at the Masters reminiscent because you can make low numbers. You can also make high numbers coming down the stretch. So the field can can really compress or stretch out um, depending on what happens down the stretch. So that's well, always a great tournament. And two, if, uh, you know, just a little side note, if you're not that familiar with TPC um, and not familiar with the Island Green, there's some really, really fun videos you can look up on YouTube, and I believe it was one of the Golf Digest editors or something a handful of years. It shows how difficult that hole really is where I believe the gentleman made like a, an 80. I remember hearing this story about it's the best worst golfer or the most avid worst golfer in America. He basically couldn't hit it, so he had to chip, chip or putt all the way all around and take the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, That's, so you talk about embarrassing. They did this originally, and yeah, it was horrendous. It was a horrific, but very, you know, as a golfer, very entertaining to yeah. watch. They went back the next year, and I think he bettered his score by like 30 shots, but it was still like 50 strokes or something. Yeah, it was they, crazy. He still had to go around. Yeah. It's such a funny hole because nobody even would argue the fact that it's a big green. It's not a small green, it's a big ass green. Yeah. And yet, it's still it, it's a mind and it's, it's a mind effort. And generally on Sundays, it's playing what a pitching wedge. Uh, yeah, hundred guys, hundred and thirty yards. But you got wind. You have kind of that open air where you have sixteen coming around one side, and it's you know there's you get that swirling wind and 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 then throw in you got to hit it. You got to hit the ball right. Yep. You got to hit it crisp to hit your number because that's what it's all about. So that'll be good. If you want to reach out to us, follow us on Twitter at ProGolfPod. If you want to send us an email, podcast at ProGolfSeattle.com. And, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, give Brandon a call, um, just direct message me. I'll give you his phone number. You can, you can talk to him. Whoa. Let's take it easy. Next time we get together. I may be a proud papa by the next time we talk. Yeah, I know we got to squeeze this in. There clock may be, is ticking. You may uh, you may be a little bit of a long time between podcasts. We'll have to see how it goes. Maybe doing podcasts from the delivery room. We'll see how that goes. Future golfer coming. See if the wife is okay with that. But yeah, we will. Not sure when the next time we we'll talk to you will be, but we'll make sure we get something in before we get to the next major of the year, which is U.S. Open on Father's Day. Until then, I'm Justin. Don't call the USGA. They're not taking phone calls anymore. <laughs> That's Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Pro Golf Podcast.